Well, hello and welcome back. This is Grant Hedefin, Global Director of Education for Nordic Ed. And we have got a really cool podcast today. Um, and it's going to be something that is uh, kind of kind of uh, close for everybody um, to be able to get to. It's a location uh, podcast, and we're going to be talking about the USVI. And um, what's interesting is, you know, everybody sort of flies into the USVI, jumps on a ferry and goes over to the BVI. And, you know, we know that there's a ton of stuff to do in the USVI. So what I've done is I've got uh, Jim and Christy Query online today, and they run Virgin Islands Yacht Charters dot com uh, if you want to go that far and um, so they're going to talk about the USVI we're going to talk about uh, itineraries we're going to talk about uh, a few funny stories we'll talk about how to go chartering in the USVI and um, so Jim and Christy uh, hey welcome hey thank you Grant yeah, thanks for having us yeah, no, this is going to be really good. And I've been to the USVI um, a couple of times. I've done a, um, a Rolex Regatta um, there a few, quite a few years ago. Um, and then another time we did a charter in the BVI, but we decided to pop over and do some visiting into the USVI waters. And look, it's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, let's sort of start off um, with the USVI, just sort of talking about some of the cool places to go and, and you know, what your experiences have been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Christy, have you got a good sort of itinerary that you sort of send people through? Or? Well, we do, and we have uh, we have that online. You know, we updated it. We update it frequently to make sure that, you know, we have all of the, the latest information on our website for our USVI-only itinerary. But uh, before I touch on that, I'd like to just mention that, you know, flying into and out of and chartering into and out of the USVI is is quite easy it's it's a so much uh, less of a hassle than than uh you know having to take the ferry or um you know into the bvi although you know under normal circumstances you can easily go into the bvi from from the saint thomas side and uh it makes for a, a super super um easy start and finish to to your charter well you know, you Grant, we, we uh sort of speak uh, from experience on that when we first purchased our boat, it was uh, in charter in the BVI, based in BVI. So we've been through, you know, the flying in and out of St. Thomas, taking the ferry, stressing about making that last ferry of the day. Uh, what do you do if you don't make it? Um, and then flying in and out of uh, Beef Island, which is, you know, is doable, but it's quite expensive. Well, um, and it has a whole set of challenges. Well, yeah, one, one, one huge challenge is when we first... Uh, started flying over there we weren't married yet and we had different names and invariably they would separate us on a cape air flight so jim would go on one plane and i would go on the next plane oh, no. and it always added for you know a tremendous amount of stress when we uh we had that happen on the way back into san juan um and almost missed our flight to uh to miami Jim had someone meet me in customs and just screaming my name, come with me, come with me, got through security, got to the gate, and they said, um, we're closing the door, and I went, oh my God, my phone, I left my phone at security, and Jim was like, it's the plane or your phone, so you have to choose, choose right now, Well, these days, I cried, I cried, I cried all the way to Miami. Yeah, these days your phone is bloody expensive, so. Um, yeah. 
So, and, and look, you know, and I think probably the airlines have fixed it, but, you know, going through Puerto Rico, <laughs> invariably one of the crew would always um, show up without their bag, right? Um, the airlines are just... Oh, yeah, that's happened to us too. Mm. Yeah, one of our one of our kids ended up in a on a charter with us and we had to wait a couple of days at the dock just to get his bag back from uh, yep. Yep. I, I, who knows who knows what happened to it yeah well and the purpose of this call we're not going to knock the bvi right i've been to the bvi oh, 12 times oh, and it's, it's fantastic it's some of the most incredible uh, cruising waters in the world yep yep so let's uh so you it's know what, it's, uh, it's what got us into this crazy business well yeah so okay so let's talk about that a little bit so you've been operating a charter company for five years now we yes. have yes we uh we we bought our boat and uh, put it over in charter in the BVI. We really had we had never been to the BVI at all. We didn't even know what we were getting ourselves into, and and we just completely fell madly in love with chartering. First of all, and being on a boat, waking up and going to sleep in a different you know beautiful bay every single night, and and uh, and somehow we ended up uh, uh, moving to St. Thomas. We both always wanted to do that, and thinking we were going to be semi-retired and then uh we ended up with uh virgin island yacht charters and it's kind of history from there right we're just growing uh, exponentially and loving every minute of it and um yeah that's the big mistake that everybody makes right you go retire and then all of a sudden wait a minute i just retired into a business and now i have to run a business again i'm supposed to be retired but wait a minute i'm, do I'm doing an <laughs> yeah. enjoyable business so people tend to right my my first year uh, in st thomas i was on the water 140 days uh it, it was fantastic uh you know run mostly running day charters um we had a you know a small uh small bare boat business or, or we're just starting a small bare boat business um, and now, uh, like I say, it's grown to a point we, we don't get as much time on the water as we'd like, but, uh, you know, we're providing somebody else the time to get on the water. Yeah. And, and so, all right, so you've grown from that one boat and then you moved it over to the USVI to start your own business. And then, so now how many boats do you have in your fleet there? We're currently in the, the U.S. Virgin Islands or the Virgin Islands Yacht Charters fleet, about 20 boats. Uh, and then on the Dream Yacht side, manage... Uh, approximately 40 to 42 boats so wow right so okay so and that's that's new right so you had 20 boats of your own and then you know because of the global pandemic that we won't talk about very much um so dream yacht <laughs> charter made an alliance with you guys um to look after their 40 boats they've bought over from the bvi right right and, and it really didn't have anything to do with the pandemic it uh it started before before any of that hit uh, you know, we, we had uh, some really great conversations. We're looking at possibly a little bit slower build, uh, six to 10 boats in, uh, you know, in that first year. And then, then things changed fairly drastically with, uh, you know, with the lack of being able to get in and out of BVI easily. Um, and so we just increased the, not really changed the agreement, but changed the the number of boats that we were taking under management in a, in a shorter period yeah, of time. Yeah, the time frame. Oh, wow. What marina are you operating out of now? We're in Compass Point Marina on the east end of St. Thomas, which, uh, you know, it's, it's in the more lively area, you know, close to Red Hook, which is ha has the most uh, nightlife on island. And it makes for an easy jump off, you know, just to St. John and, and then even into the BVI. We're, you know, an, an hour and a half sail from... Uh, you know, to uh, Yost Van Dyke or yeah. uh, West End of Tortola. 
yeah 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 well the first time that i charted a boat in the caribbean was out of red hook and um you know i was pretty nervous right because it was i was pretty young and um so the guy was doing the checkout and um he said okay you know off you go and i went um just just wait a minute so on the chart here where where's you know where's the bvi and he goes well that's it right there right <laughs> <laughs> like like two miles away or something right and i'm like oh okay so we're not going to have a problem with navigation are we and he goes yeah no there's no problem around here with navigation it's yeah. all line of sight so <laughs> yeah it's all it's all line of sight that was probably our biggest surprise not knowing the area when we first uh, started coming down and and taking our boat out we had you know very nervous you know we had, we sailed on lakes and and uh did a lot, a lot of power boating and and you know the same concerns and uh, our first day we left tortola and we're headed to uh uh, Norman Island, we're like, well, where on earth is, you know, how are we going to get there? And the same thing, you look across and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, hour, hour and a half later, you're, uh, you're there. Yeah. Hour and a half later at five knots. That's not, yeah, so it's not very one thing I, you know, one thing I would say too, about, you know, going in and out of Red Hook, of course, Red Hook's, uh, uh, with American Yacht Harbor is a very nice, uh, nice Marina. Uh, we're in a, the only true hurricane hole in the uh, Virgin Islands. Right. So not only is that uh, is that nice, obviously during hurricane season, but it provides a really really wonderful overnight experience in our marina. Mm -hmm. So uh, our average customer will fly in and they'll probably arrive at three, uh, you know, two thirty or three by flight, uh, get to us by three thirty or four, have their their provisions delivered, uh, and then you know, can can go into Red Hook, can go into numerous restaurants close, or even uh, eat at the dive bar right in the in the marina yep. but then the water is extremely flat uh inside of the marina and so you have a just a very very pleasant sleep aboard experience right so okay so it, it makes it so that somebody can um fly into usvi they can rent a boat from you guys they can if they want to they can go across the bvi because it's right there you can see it um just like two miles away so that makes it um really easy and they can come back um getting customs in the bvi is ridiculously easy um we did it on Joost van dyke i think one day and it's basically you, <laughs> you walk off the beach into their little hut uh, i don't know yeah. if it's still like this but the guy there's still got sand on the floor in the hut and um yeah. i think he had his little kid playing with a little toy on <laughs> the sand inside the hut and stamped their passports and that was it a little bit more um tricky to get back into the into the u.s side of it um they were a bit more serious no uh, actually it's it's quite easy to get back in the u.s because you just do it on um, an app on your phone oh sweet uh, the, the, the realm app you uh you can just take a snapshot of everyone's um passport it automatically downs downloads the information into the app and you, you literally just hit a button oh that's so you don't even have to go into the office anymore no, right, no. In so, fact, they'll get onto you if you come in there. They'll say, "Go back to your boat and use the Rome app." Oh, sweet. Uh, Rome, R O A M. R O A M. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's new in the last couple of years, um, and it it works exceptionally well. Uh, you know, as you come in, you know, as long as you do it during office hours, uh, we get people to get updated very quickly with their approvals uh, to get back in. Yep. Ne never setting foot back and in, you know into shore uh competing with the day charter captains that are you know popping back in and out so right. it's uh it's been fantastic for our uh for our charter guests all right well good see see so this opens it up right so people can uh, realistically you can come into the usbi and have a great charter and, and the, the you know the, the world is your oyster right out of there right 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, many of the charter companies in the BVI won't allow the crossover, you know, to come into the U.S. for a bit. So the good thing about going out of the USVI is you have the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, you can spend a, you know, a couple of days in the, in the, on the U.S. side and then, you know, take your regular, the regular route around um, the BVI, you know, some yep. people go clockwise and some people go counterclockwise. It's always a great conversation. Yep. And, so and you guys, go ahead. One of the really distinct differences, uh, it, it is changing a little bit as, uh, as we've seen the, the traffic uptick a little in the USVI as um, you'll, you'll provision your boat a little bit more. Uh, there's not quite the opportunities of, uh, you know, a beach bar for every single lunch and, a, and a, you know, great restaurant for every single dinner. So uh, we have a lot of that if you're going to Cruise Bay on St. John or Mahu Crossroads or uh, Livongo now is reopening with, uh, you know, with great restaurants. But there's also just a lot of really quiet bays around St. John, like Salt Pond and Lamshire, uh, where, where you might be one of you know, maybe the only boat, maybe two or three boats. Uh, great opportunities for snorkeling in those spots and uh, uh, cook aboard and just great family time. Oh, wow. All right. Well, so, Christy, I think you were going to run us through a, a, a sort of a, a quick itinerary, just, um, you know, just sort of show us what's available in terms of bays and national parks and things like that. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's, let's do a quick, you know, a couple of minutes on an itinerary. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, starting from our marina, the first thing you're going to see when you when you get out to the the, the more open water is um, Great St. James. And uh, that's the, you know, it's famous for pizza pie, the floating uh, pizza bar or pizza restaurant. And a lot of people like to make that their either stop out, grab some pizza on the way to St. John or uh, make it their last night, you know, so they're kind of close to the marina and and can get in the next the next morning, so that's always a you know really a highlight of of, of people's trips. Is, is it good pizza? It's the best pizza in St. Thomas for sure. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's really nice because it's not just a novelty. Um, you know they they do have four uh, I believe four ovens on the boat, and so you think well it's just a floating pizza place, and it's cool because it's on the water, but. It's actually fantastic. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. And, and the bay, the bay itself is uh, is a really great uh, swimming and snorkel opportunity. A um, lot of rays, turtles. You'll almost always see a spotted eagle right there. Oh wow! But but no 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 swimming for what thirty minutes after eating pizza, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what your mama would tell you. That's what our mom would say. Exactly. <laughs> well, pizza just makes you float more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So what's people, next? Most people, people spend the majority of their time, you know, um, on St. John it's, it's, you know, 85% or some, some, you know, 80, 85% national park. So, you know, all along, you know, the North side of, of St. John are just beautiful keys one after the other, you know, the, um, uh, it's just, it looks like an Island just draped in green velvet. It's just so lush and gorgeous and quiet and there's there's plenty to do uh, hawk's nest is a place along the way that um it's known for its smallest beach that's actually on a chart and uh, they we call it locally we call it two butt beach because it's about that wide <laughs> it's really beautiful there it's really quiet 
Um, and then you could just make your way all along the North Shore. You know, you'll pass Trunk Bay and um, Francis. Cinnamon Bay and then get into Francis Bay. That's that's where we suggest people spend their first overnight is in Francis. It's it's beautiful. It's calm. It's um, it's full of turtles. And there's a little uh, a beach bar there called uh, Maho Crossroads. They usually has live music and, uh, and great food and just a really cool island vibe. And then after that, you know, we, we say, you know, make your way around uh, to Water Lemon Key. Um, there's beautiful snorkeling there. There's a great hike that's pretty easy because it's mostly flat um, up to the, to the uh, Annabird Ruins. Um, which is the one of the oldest um, um, when, the sugar the, plantations. The sugar, plantation, the, so, the sugar mill. It's really beautiful. St. John is loaded with history, and and we really encourage people to uh, to stop in at Cruise Bay. There's the National Park uh, building. Uh, there's hiking all throughout uh, you know throughout St. John. But um, if you stop in at that at the uh, National Park building, they'll give you the maps. Um, and one of the bays we talked about, Salt Pond on the south side, um, Ramshead is an absolutely spectacular hike. Salt Pond is a, a great hike, uh, especially if you have children along. There's uh, some of the history of, uh, of uh, you know, slavery in the islands is extremely informative. Um, and, and you really can get a feel for that on St. John where where a lot of places it's just not as visible and maybe not as, as uh, you know, sort of beautifully presented and, and uh, you know, very, very moving and, and important for the children, especially. Right, <clears throat> right, right. And, and not just, uh, probably pretty amazing views when you climb up the mountains as well, right? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Incredible, Spe absolutely incredible. Spectacular. In fact, uh, Livongo, which, uh, you know, is is sort of between St. John and uh, and St. Thomas has a hike all the way to the top um, that just gives you views of Yost and uh, Congo, Mingo, Livongo, uh, Tortola, St. John. Just these. Yeah, you can even you can see Sandy Key from there. Even it's really beautiful. Nice. Wow. And, and they have a, a brand new uh, restaurant that's a. Uh, that's re reopening. Yeah, reopening. I believe December twenty second. I think so too. Um, and and that'll be a lot a lot of new mooring opportunities there as well. Uh, right now, it's uh, it's uh, mostly anchoring. Uh, we we really do a lot of education there because there are some reef structures that um, that we need to avoid. Uh, obviously, as far as dragging anchor and that sort of thing, uh, but it uh, they they are adding. Uh, mooring balls at that location as well for overnights. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then another place uh, that we like to go um, is a, a little floating taco bar in uh, Coral Bay on St. John. And um, the owners of that have a restaurant on St. John called Lime Inn. And then the floating taco bar is Lime Out. And it is <laughs> um, kind of along the same lines as pizza pie it is absolutely delicious well, it's it's artisan tacos um artisan margaritas uh again not not just a uh, novelty because it's on the water it, absolutely fantastic um and christy you're from uh, dallas right yes and jim near dallas and mckinney jim you from dallas or 
where are you from? Uh, I spent spent 28 years in the Dallas area. Okay, so so uh, what I'm saying there is that both of you guys from Texas, right? So yeah, we yeah. know the tacos. So when you know you know the tacos, right? So so yeah. if you say tacos are good, they're good because they're good. <laughs> and, 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 and don't forget the margaritas. We also know margaritas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, of course, once the boats, you know securely more <laughs> <laughs> yes yes exactly and yeah. then um and around st thomas um obviously one of the most famous beaches in the world is megan's and uh it's a it's a mile and a half of beautiful pristine white sandy uh beach and uh that is a that is a very very popular spot uh, there's not any mooring balls in there currently but it's a a really safe anchorage and we we talk in depth about um about going in there just so people feel really comfortable there's a there's a restaurant there and um if you happen to be there on a sunday it's worth a taxi ride to um the old stone farmhouse for brunch it's one of the most beautiful places on island and um absolutely wonderful food well Seth, yeah, it's a really good culinary experience um coming down to the usvr right Oh yeah, and some of the restaurants in, um, in uh, you know, on St. John and Cruise Bay are just, you know, five star all the way. Some some of our favorite places to dine are awesome. Um, are well, on St. And, and so, and you know, it, it's a very easy uh, opportunity for our for our charter guests to uh, if if they'll pick up a mooring ball on honeymoon or uh, you know uh, close to Cruise Bay. It's maybe a five-minute dinghy ride, very easy, calm dinghy ride into Cruise Bay. Uh, there's multiple good tie-ups, uh, good tie-ups for the dinghies. Uh, a lot of the, the places like uh, Morgan's Mango or um, the Terrace or uh, Extra Virgin. Extra Virgin. You know, I would I would recommend a, a a a reservation, but those are absolutely fantastic dining experiences. Nice. Nice. Yeah. A lot of places you go, um, you know, the, you walk away and you go, well, that just wasn't a very good culinary experience, that whole charter, like, you know, just because you're <laughs> eating hamburgers and fries and the worst hamburger and the worst fries you've ever had. Um, yeah. Yeah. This sounds right. like and, something and, different. And that's one of the nice things, you know, I think about the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, is that they're, and even on St. Thomas, um, if you if you do pull into, you know, we had talked about Red Hook earlier and do uh, to American Yacht Harbor. Or, uh, or any of those places along there. Uh, you've got, you know, Secret Harbor is, is close to there. Uh, just great, great dining at, at so many locations. Right. And, and people just don't know about it because they, they've, uh, they've been trained sort of to do the, you know, their sailing adventure in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, we're, always, uh, we're always so excited for people to come in and we kind of, in the office, we kind of go through their itinerary with them you know, uh, privately with each, uh, with each charter group. And we answer all these questions for them and make suggestions and print off menus, you know, whatever they want to make their, their trip a little, uh, a little easier and, and give them the kind of the ins and outs of, of, uh, the local, uh, culinary and other experiences. Well, and also what I'm sort of hearing is this is, you're, you're not the, the regular charter company. Uh, you guys own the charter company. You know, it's like a little boutique charter company and you really, really, really look after the people that are coming in um, to there rather than, you know, just some a random base manager that that um, runs the place. Right. So. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, you know, 
we're, we're usually there seven days a week. Um, you know, if, you know, at least at some part during the day, but usually, usually all day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. This is our baby. And well, and I think we, everybody can hear the passion right, that you guys are running yeah. this business. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really important. And, and yeah, and, and what you realize is that every single charter guest that comes in uh, has a different version of what they think is going to be their perfect charter. And, and so, you know, trying to lump 30, uh, 30 boats together into a, into a mass briefing or into, uh, you know, anything like that doesn't fit our model of how, of how we would send somebody out on the water. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. And, and you know, I've charted all over the world and, and I've had, um, well, every charter I've had has been fantastic, right? But some are a heck of a lot better than others. And, and a lot of it is made better by the base, um, who they are, how they operate, the passion, the, the maintenance, the, you know, getting you out of the um, on the first night and, and um, you know, your experience when you walk on the boat. So, um, you know, it, it's just great to have people like yourselves that are running the base and really caring for it. Yeah, and I, I think so much of that comes from, you know, we've been on both sides of the equation, really. Uh, we've been on the boat owner's side, uh, and so really, chart, you know, uh, treated as a charter guest um, very positively. And, and then also then being on the, you know, on the owner's side of the, uh, the fleet itself, uh, it's really given us a perspective that I think is pretty unique uh, in the islands. Yeah, I do too, absolutely. So what's it like owning a charter company? Then It's probably everybody's dream, right? Oh, I want to retire and go and own a charter company um, and you know, I'll be able to sail as much as I want and all that kind of thing. What's, what's it really like? What's the dirty? <laughs> it's, it's nothing like nothing that. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is everyone's dream and, and uh with our boat owners as well. I mean, there, there are some that are planning to, uh, to venture out and do their own thing. Maybe, uh, you know, a crew, a crew, their boat, you know, some, sometime in the future. And, and, uh, that, that could happen, I guess. I mean, we're, we're, we're the poster child for that. You know, we, we had no idea that we were going to actually, uh, run a charter company someday, but we, uh, we ended up being those people. Yeah, working seven days a week, right. and you can't even tell right. that we live in the Caribbean. We don't even have a suntan anymore. Right, but, but, but what's fun for us now, rather than maybe just getting to be on the water, I mean, if you think about who we get to deal with, right? We get uh, charter guests who we have some charter guests that'll save for two or three years to come down and do this. Yeah, uh, and then we'll have some that might come down and, and charter with us two or three times a year. But we have people who are extremely excited can't wait to get there they've been planning this they've been talking to us about it and on the other side we're dealing with boat owners who who you know we've really in our minds have really helped live a dream that they maybe uh wouldn't have been able to accomplish without uh without a charter company that that can not only manage their boat but but really offset um you know giant amounts of the cost of having the boat and, and very successful people people who are happy to be there uh it's really it's really the best of both worlds for us because we get the the deal with the boat owners on one side who are wonderful and, and our charter guests who are so excited to be there right and and, it's hard not to love it and and just uh just make sure everybody understands so a typical charter company um you guys don't own uh, all the boats um people people just regular people um 
buy a boat and they put it into charter, right? You guys look after it and then they make um, some money um, off of the boat getting chartered out and then they can come down and they use the boat whenever they want and stuff like that, right? Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fantastic model. Um, so it sounds like you guys are in a happy business. Um, and, you know, as with Nordicad, right, we're, we're, I mean, this, the emails that we get from people like, you made our dream come possible. You know, thanks so much. This was awesome. I loved everything. The charter went off without a hitch because, you know, we knew so much. Um, so, you know, we're both in a happy business. So, so that's pretty. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's why I think that, you know, as we're talking, it's so helpful for us to have that synergy between us where uh, the more somebody knows when they show up at our base, um, really the more positive their experience is going to be. Uh, we, we do extremely uh, thorough boat walkthroughs. So call that an hour and a half. Uh, the, the boat systems, as you know, are much more complex than an hour and a half is going to cover. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, the more knowledge they come in with, uh, both of the cruising grounds, the how to how to actually functionally operate the vessel, uh, everyone's experience just is so much more positive. Right. Well, okay. So let's t- touch on that because um, you know a lot of people think, well, I've I've got my certification, so let's go chartering now. Um, but in reality, that doesn't work. You've got to have a resume, right? You do, yes. You absolutely have to have a resume, and and we, you know, we look at those very carefully and, and take that very seriously. We're we're responsible for this this boat, and you know, to a certain extent, responsible for the guests, you know, on on board, and we uh, we take that very seriously. And and I can tell you that if if I see a resume and it has not a get on there, it's 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 pretty much a check. Let's go. Yeah, well, and and um, just to make sure everybody understands that, so what we do at Nordic Ed is that we have an electronic logbook, and people log all their past history uh, into their uh, electronic logbook, and um, any courses they take and any sign-offs by captains um, all happen um, automatically by the instructor, and then that produces automatically a charter-ready format. So that a charter company like yourselves, you know, you just look at it and it's all um, how much experience has this person had? Well, it's the last two years, five years, 10 years. This is their experience. Uh, size of boats, catamarans, monohulls, um, with a skipper on the boat, with a crew on the boat. Um, how many courses have they taken? So it, it just produces this beautiful document. And, and you are right, Chrissy. Right? You can just look at it and you go, OK, that person's qualified. Or you look at it and go, OK, well, that person's not yeah, it might be a bit, maybe they need yeah. to get a bit more experience um, or maybe, okay, why don't you go out with the captain for a couple of days? We'll check you out. Or maybe you just need a two hour checkout. Um, so it really helps you guys. Oh, I help. Yeah. It helps tremendously. It helps tremendously. And, and uh, you know, we, we, uh, we know pretty, pretty soon when a, a guest starts talking about, um, you know, using certain terminology or not using certain certain terminology when they check in or when they're going through the bow briefing and they they kind of glaze over a bit. You know, we know maybe we maybe we misread their uh, resume or they oversold themselves just a bit. So um, we'll spend a little extra time with them, and sometimes it does uh, require you know taking them out. But for the most part, you know, um, because it, it is a, we do have a more personal relationship, I think, with our charter guests than most charter companies. You know, I've had many conversations by the time they get to the boat with with most of the charter guests, you know, talking in depth about their resume or 
or if there's a little question about something, you know, I'll, I'll pick up the phone and give them a call and just say, Hey, let's talk a little bit more about this and how comfortable do you feel? And, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we, we have a relationship by the time they get to the, to the base. So we kind of know most of the time, you know, where the, where the holes are, if yeah. there are any. At all. Well, and I think we're sending somebody down to you just pretty soon and they're going to do a checkout because the guy's got a ton of monohull experience in a 65, 70 feet. And I think even a, a ex America's cup boat race, uh, race boat that he races, um, but he's never done yeah, a catamaran. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So he's never done a catamaran. So I think Jim, you're going to take him out and test him out or Christy, you're going to test him out when they get down there. Just, just, just not even test him out. It's like, okay, well, here's how to, you know, you know how to sail. So here's how to use a catamaran. Uh, we're going to spend two hours maneuvering at the marina. So you don't have any problems after that. And, and really, I think, you know, that's, you can switch over to a catamaran quite easily as long as you've got a ton of, of monohull experience, right? Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. It's uh, We're much more comfortable with someone moving from a monohull to a cat than somebody who's decided, uh, you know, who's, who's been driving a cat for, for a long period of time and then all of a sudden wants to get into a, into a monohull because oh, wow. uh, obviously the, the catamaran is just from a maneuverability standpoint. Um, around a dock, as you know, as you're pointing out, or or yeah. being able to turn within its own length, basically. Yeah. Uh, and 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 one of the things that we do, um, we don't just keep them in the marina. If we do like a little refresher course, we actually will uh, send a captain with them. Um, they'll go to Christmas Cove, pick up a ball, drop anchor, and then head directly over to St. John. And then the captain usually will. You know, we'll have the guest uh, dinghy the captain into the ferry dock, and he can ferry back to St. Thomas. So, oh, sweet. we don't really we don't really take time away from the vacation in order to do that. We just kind of go along with them until uh, until they feel comfortable and until we feel you know confident that that they're going to have a nice easy week. And but, you know what's funny is that a lot of those are they just they just maybe it's their first time on a Fontaine Peugeot, say, and they they just want to go through getting the sails up and down and. They want to go through maybe uh, uh, messing with the chart plotter and, uh, you know, exactly the equipment that's on that specific boat. Yeah, and a lot of times, uh, uh, a lot of times the husband's dad wants uh, someone else to teach the wife or the kids to uh, how to pick up the mooring ball because that can usually be one of the most contentious moments of a whole entire charter. Yeah. Hey, we, we just tell them as long as you approach the mooring ball downwind at eight knots, they should have no problem. <laughs> I have seen that. I have seen that. Somebody coming yeah, ripping downwind. They, many, many times. It, the, it, the person on the front grabbed the mooring ball and the boat just kept on going and it ripped the boat right out of her hand. Um, right. But it was right. a it was yeah. a perfectly successful mooring and i can tell you why because the boat stopped on a dime when the prop wrapped around the um the mooring we get to explain that to people a lot they'll see you know if they if they do have and it's not you know super common but it happens uh you know and they'll say well what what damages are going to be as it, it could be zero or it could be a transmission. Yep. We won't know till we get there. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, you know, that can either be, uh, really depending on how it's managed by the by the charter guest at that point, so. Yeah. And, I, and actually, while we're talking about that kind of uh, chase calls and phone calls, um, we have a, a, a fleet manager, his name is Walter, and he is absolutely 
amazing. And our charter guests love him. He, uh, he can explain things in a way over the phone. If he's trying to troubleshoot or, or, uh, you know, uh, talk, talk someone through a, a systems failure. And, and, uh, he is, a we're, we're really fortunate to have him. He's a huge part of our team and, and, uh, he, he really, makes it easy for our charter guests. I had, uh, I had the phone, of course, for the first uh, two years. And, and all of a sudden, one day it occurred to me that he knew so much more than I did about the systems inside and out. I said, uh, this is going to be the worst day of your life, but here's, here's, here's the, the guest assistance phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and, and we don't have 20 boats anymore. We have 62. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, and look, um, you know, the, I, I use this word a lot. It's called prudence. Right. So when it comes to a checkout captain, you know, some people think, well, you know, I, I don't think I'll need one. Um, you know, I've, I've done this and done that, so I probably don't. But, but the, if you apply the word prudence, it's like, OK, for a couple extra hundred bucks and I don't know how much you guys charge, but for, for you know, a small amount of money to get a quick checkout on the boat. And as Christy said, look, it doesn't take anything out of your itinerary because the captain's going to drop off at the ferry dock at, on St. John and, and motor back. So you actually, um, you know, had a great afternoon, learned a few things about the boat. You're very prudent. You're a smart sailor. And um, mm -hmm. so, you know, what's what's the problem? There is no embarrassment. In fact, you know, you're the smartest sailor out there if you if that's what you do. Right. We, we would sure prefer that to somebody being completely overconfident and hitting a dock on or a piling on the way out of the marina. Yeah. Well, I'm sure so, that's probably happened so, as well. You know, we, we have done those checkouts, though, where I've done about a six-hour checkout. They were magnificent. I thought, this is just going to be the easiest week of my life. And I said, well, just take me in the dinghy and drive me into into St. John. And he hit another boat in a dinghy uh, on the way to St. John. So I thought, well, maybe we'll just extend this check out for for another day and do a little work on the dinghy. I yeah. hadn't realized that was going to be an issue. I'll be I'll be back in the morning. Exactly. Yeah, so see you in the morning. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, it's um, well, OK, so um, on that, actually, I don't even know if you guys know this. We just launched a brand new uh, yacht charter crew course right online. Um, so you as the captain, um, you know, you know a lot, right? So you're going to be taking all your friends and family out. But, um, you know, how do you pick up a mooring ball? Well, you know how to pick up a mooring ball, but how does the person on the front of the boat pick up a mooring ball and what do they do? So we got this fantastic uh, yacht charter crew course, and it's just a purely a course for the crew. Um, yeah, to go it's through. excellent. Yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're really happy that that um, course is there because a lot of the captains, um, that we have that are going on there, are sending it to their friends that are coming and saying, hey, you know, take this Yacht Charter crew course. And, and it talks them about, you know, the water tanks and, you know, how not to use water, how to conserve water, how to pick up a mooring ball, how to drop the anchor, how to pick up the anchor. Um, just stuff that you as the skipper really want your crew to be competent at because, um, you know, things, things yeah. happen. And things happen pretty slowly on a sailboat, right? But things happen yeah. and you just don't exactly. want that kind of stuff so uh so we're um promoting that course uh, quite heavily now and it's it's working really well um, but, I, what i like about that is i think sometimes it's easier to hear it from somebody else than maybe from a parent or a spouse or especially with water conservation, uh, water <laughs> conservation is, uh, That's a biggie. yeah so 
Right. I, I do think that's extremely helpful to be hearing that from a from a you know third party professional source as yeah. well. It's kind of like yeah. you can't coach your own kids. Yeah. No, that's impossible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, and just so just back on sort of boat systems and things like that. I mean, you know, a charter boat is um, decently complicated, and if you're running your own boat uh, in your own lake or own waterway, then um, I, I'm I'm assuming that's sort of your main uh, call out is hey you know this is not working or how do we start the generator again or uh, generators not creating electricity what we thought it should be and what what how do we do this and you know that's I'm sure that uh, takes most of your day up right you know there it does there's there's a lot of uh, of things that even if they go through that hour and a half walk through uh, and I'll tell people almost every walk through I do I say this isn't for you to be able to manage this perfectly it's for when you call uh, it'll, it'll come back to you, you know, Hey, where you're, you're not unlikely to pop a, a windlass breaker. Right. So, you know, we'll go through that. We'll say, you don't have to memorize this. When you call, I'm going to remind you that it's in the, you know, starboard engine compartment, uh, uh in, on that, that gray box and, and, and they'll, they'll really latch onto that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember mental, I, I, got on a, I got on a boat, uh, charter boat one of my first times and I'd been, um, uh, on a you know, fairly big boat uh, here in Lake Travis is years and years ago. I have to say that because I'm the director of education, right? So I can't say it was happened yesterday. <laughs> um, but it did happen years and years ago. And we we have an anchor here, but we'd always pulled it up by hand, right? Because it was just a little bit of chain and some rope, but it was a 32-foot boat. So we get down to the Caribbean, and um, the guys are like, here's the windless reset switch. I was like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, I'll tell people every single time they're out, this is uh, the most likely breaker to pop on a boat. Yep. And, and of course, it's, it's for the most part, it's mismanagement of uh, of bringing up the, the Absolutely. anchor. Uh, you know, they're trying to pull it up with just with the, with the windlass instead of bringing it up with the engines. But, you yeah. know, no reason to, you know, reason to make them feel badly about that. Just flip the breaker talk them how to, how to uh, creep up on the uh, on yeah. the anchor and you know next time they're perfect well the windlass is the winch that you use to wind up the anchor just by the way um, because it's not named for, it should be called the anchor winch right or anchor winch right <laughs> so, yes. um, so that was that was what was confusing to me it's like what, what is that um, <laughs> so and look that's you know those kind of, that's why we have the yacht charter crew course but the you know the yacht charter course our, our bare boat charter master courses online go through everything and you get to go through everything in your own time at home because that hour and a half briefing you guys give that's like a fire hose of information right it's like Ugh! yes so yes, it is. taking the bareboat charter master bundle of courses like that's about 40 hours of study um, online and and um, you know it goes through navigation it goes through electronic navigation it goes through anchoring um, uh, you know just everything about bareboat chartering um, skippering uh, roller furling sails how not to break those things because maybe it's the first time or, or um, lazy jack systems how not to get the battens caught in the lazy jacks uh, you know there's so much that happens um, on a charter that um, you, you know, and e each of those things that you've just described might be a five minute discussion during a boat briefing. Right. Uh, we will, we will get up and, and, you know, start taking the main up and explaining what a fully batten sail means even, you know, and, and how tight the lazy jacks are. Uh, but if they, if they've heard it, 
and they've seen it and they've they've actually seen it physically you know done or or get an understanding it helps us tremendously yeah oh yeah You're, that that charter course the bareboat charter course that you have is by far the best style there well thank you very much thank you very much all right um okay so let's move on to a couple of like like what is your pest pet peeve right what are what is the most annoying things that charter people you know just purely because of lack of experience right but you know what <laughs> what have they done how have they screwed up your boats what's your worst uh, call out <laughs> come well, on you got you some know, stories spill the tea i mean the the, the biggest pet peeve would be be not uh, acknowledging our understanding of the waters. Um, we have a, a very thorough no-go list, and it's there for a reason. It's there because there's a submerged rock or there's a reef or there's whatever. And and as you know, on these chart plotters, uh, it lays your track down. Uh, we have all of our boats are tracked uh, independently as well. And, and to have somebody argue with us about, you know, to start arguing about, well, we didn't, we didn't go outside of, uh, you know, uh, or violate the no-goes. <laughs> What's this um, or, or if we did, uh, we were correct. Uh, I actually had a guy, he was aground uh, coming through what we call uh, a false entrance, coming back into our marina, and uh, went out to, uh, to pull him off. Luckily, it was Sandy Bottom. And he just absolutely argued with me that he was correct of how he was going. I said, I've literally never had someone argue with me who is aground <laughs> that about about their navigation skills. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a first. And I guess another one is uh, the late the late night call of like what we consider an emergency call and what they consider an emergency call. So calling at eleven thirty at night because your kid's iPhone or iPad won't charge is not an emergency. It yeah. might be to you at that moment, but it is. It is not an emergency. As as I recall during that that phone call, I said uh, the only emergency you would be having right now is if you're sinking, since you're tied to my dock and <laughs> we're our controlling draft is four and a half feet. You can't possibly be approaching. You know, you're not going to be underwater. <laughs> well, that, that is probably the the second most asked question is. Um, are there USB cable, you know, plugins, and is there Bluetooth on board? Right. And then the number one most asked charter question ever is what kind of coffee filters? Well, Every charter. It's true. <laughs> well, it is true because, okay, so we're charter agents, right? And so, you know, we sell charters down to you guys. And every time somebody's booking, and it's a very, very um, legitimate question. They're like, what kind of coffee maker is on board? Because do we take our own filters? Do we, can we take a Keurig? Uh, can we, um, you know, what can we do? Because it is very important. It's part of chartering. Right. Um, you know, and an interesting thing about chartering out of uh, BVI versus chartering in the U.S., uh, at least from our experience, was so many of the BVI boats were outfitted with uh, percolators. Right. Uh, and, and not necessarily the coffee makers at all. Right. And so... And so when people would show up, you know, they would they would either be very excited that there was a coffee maker, albeit they didn't have the proper filter, or or they were very disappointed they didn't have a percolator. Right. And so, yeah. It's one extreme or the other, for sure. Well, as a environmentalist, I hate those Keurig things. Um, you know, that is just an environmental disaster. Um, unless you can bring along the, um, the uh, biodegradable. That 
ones. Yeah, but... the, the disposable one or the uh, the reusable ones. Yeah, reusable. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think any of our boats have a curb. Maybe. Maybe one or two. And have the, the newer ones, but they all have a coffee maker and. Okay, and what all kind of coffee in maker? Our fleet have a full AC and generators. I I always told Jim I don't want to take a boat into our fleet that I wouldn't be willing to charter on myself. Yeah. What kind of coffee maker do you have on them? So just so we just so we people can bring their own filters and they don't have to ask any of us. <laughs> it's just the the regular old uh, Black and Decker from Home Depot with round filters. <laughs> all right, all right, perfect. Home Depot um, is the only place we can shop on island. So right, and so yeah, so that and that comes off the inverter from the generator, right? Yes. Yes. So if you want a cup of coffee, you have to turn on the generator, um, and uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, and, and really that's it. I mean, it it doesn't. There's on all of our boats. Um, the only the only reason you would use an inverter at all, or that you would know you're using the inverter, is if you're trying to uh, charge an iPhone or do something very light. You can kick on our inverters without the, the uh, AC, uh, without the uh, generator being running, but. Uh, not to do something like run a coffee maker or right or or in a microwave or anything like that. So um, that's one of the systems management things that we love that you guys do is just understanding the difference in in you know what systems are are uh, you know DC, what systems are AC. Uh, we'll get people very very surprised when they didn't run a generator overnight. Um, they wake up and their batteries are going down. It's like well your freezer, both refrigerators, your outside refrigerator, uh, you know, the all of that's room. being yeah. run off of your, uh, just off your batteries at this point. Well, so. that's our pet peeve because we get calls you know, from people in the Caribbean saying, call that bloody charter company. They gave us useless batteries, right? <laughs> and um, yeah. we're like, so how long did you run the uh, engines last night? Um, and this is for um, boats that don't have a generator, right? So. Um, uh, so they have to charge the batteries off the alternator. So how long did you right. run the engines? Well, I don't know. We had 20 minutes. Okay, well, uh, no, an alternator doesn't work like that. It need about two hours right. <laughs> in, in the morning. Two and hours in the morning, two hours at night. Right. Yeah, minimum. And, it, and as an engineer, like for me, that was really shocking. Like, how come you've got a 40 horsepower engine um, and and it's it's only charging that slow? Well, there's a couple of reasons and there's some new technology coming, like, you know, lead acid batteries. They, they don't charge at the last... 15 20 percent they charge very very slowly so lithium ion takes care of that and then there's a new thing this is your information actually there's a new technology it's called integral um, and what it does is it's like a super duper charger uh, generator right off the main engine um, and it will generate nine kilowatts of electricity which is as much as a generator um, and yeah. you put that into lithium ion batteries and then hook your inverter up to that and so Bye-bye generator. Don't need that anymore. So that technology is coming. Um, so yeah, it's we'll definitely coming. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we definitely have some owners at this point that are are looking at the upgrade to, uh, you know, to the full lithiums. Yep. And it, it, it's an expensive upgrade, but if you're going to go through a set of AGMs in two years, uh, right. you know, versus a set of lithiums, maybe five, yep. Yep. you know, if you amortize that over, you're, you're going to do better. Yeah. Um, and and, it, and a lot of those lithiums we're getting into now, it's just really all about amp hours, right? So no, it's trying not, to figure uh, it's out. Kilowatt, kilowatt hours, because there's no yep. such thing as an amp hour. I'm sorry. 
Um, this is my engineering pet peeve. An amp hour is not a measure of energy. You've got to multiply it by the bloody voltage. And um, then you have to say, well, what voltage are you operating at? 24 volts. Okay, well, thank you, because that is amp hour. Forget amp hours. Get rid of amp hours. Gone. It's kilowatt hours is the measurement of energy. So yeah, There we go. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> stand admonished on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so I think we have covered uh, everything I want. Oh, um, quick talk on St. Croix. Um, that's uh, 30, 40 miles away, right? Yeah, it's about uh, 32 miles, I think. On, on a clear day, you can see it from St. Thomas. Absolutely right. gorgeous. And people can sail to St. Croix um, if they charter from you? Yes, they can sail to St. Croix. We we do, uh, you know, vet the resume a little uh with a little more scrutiny if they're going uh that far because it is you know somewhat of an open yeah. water sale i guess and yeah and uh but um for the most part you know it's it's an easy sale you know it's one basically one tack um it's beautiful there there are a couple of great places we would we would recommend uh you know overnighting there's some fabulous restaurants over there and and let's not forget the fourth Virgin Islands, which is Water Island, which is one of our favorite places to go as well. So, uh, what's the name you know, of that island? Be on the west end of uh, of St. Thomas, you might want to consider uh, popping over to Water Island. Water Island, okay, all right. All yeah, right. most people just uh, uh, don't consider that, but it is actually part uh, one of the four U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, one of the things about St. Croix as well is that there are no golf opportunities on St. Thomas at this point or St. John. Um, and so we do get a lot of people that, you know, that may want to spend a day golfing at the uh, Buccaneer or, right. or whatever. They'll sail down, stay at Green Key Marina, which is a, a fabulous marina, uh, play a round or two of golf, mm -hmm. um, have a beautiful sail right back up. Uh, the other side that's growing in popularity, it's been a little bit hit and miss now with uh, with COVID, of course, is the, uh, the Spanish, Spanish virgins. virgins. And they're, they're magnificent. Well, we just did last Thanksgiving. We did the Spanish Virgin Islands, and I just like, man, I can't believe I haven't done this before. So, so is that that's another possibility? They can charter from you and go over to the Spanish Virgin Islands. Yeah, same same sort of criteria, you know, going over there. Um, um, we'd like to have a couple of people on board that can manage the boat if if necessary. But um, you know, if someone has a you know great deal of experience, uh, we'll certainly certainly be open to that it's a it's beautiful over there it's it's very pristine it's 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 quite different even though it's that close and yeah. as you know you know it's a bit reefier um yeah. so from a net we we look at that very hard from a navigational experience standpoint right um because you don't get a lot of people that come to our base and say well gosh we've been to the spanish virgin six times like we have to bvi or or you know even usvi and right. so we really lean heavily on their their um, navigational experience right. for sure. Right. So um, it's a good question, really. Then, if you considered somebody um, worthy of going to Saint Croix or Spanish Virgin Islands, how many days of sailing experience would you want to see in their resume on a boat? You know, greater than say thirty feet, thirty-five feet, something like that. How many days of experience? You know, I don't. I don't know that it's days of experience so much as to know that uh, weather reading and and a little bit of open water sailing uh, is you know would be in order for a for a trip. And I would say more so to Saint Croix than Spanish Virgins because Spanish Virgins, you know, go wing on wing and you have a beautiful sail 
down, you're going to motor back and take a little bit of a beating. Uh, so navigationally uh, and sailing wise, that's pretty simple. But, you know, I, I would look to somebody who say, uh, you know, we do have a little bit of offshore experience. I don't mean crossings or anything like that, but. Or even someone who's who's not have their only experiences in the BVI, you know, maybe someone who's who's uh, chartered at some other bases as well. But right. but we certainly wouldn't rule anybody out that has only chartered in the BVI. I mean, we, you know, everyone gets pretty comfortable over there. You know, it's a pretty easy route. So we just want to, okay. it would just be a conversation for sure. But, but I can tell you someone who's sailed on Lake Michigan regularly, probably safer going to St. Croix than somebody who sailed just around say the USVI. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, so it's an entire package always, right? Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, uh, and even in our resume, it lists out, you know, what um, multi-day trips have they done, where was that, and all that kind of stuff. So that's good. So for a bareboat charter master uh, certification with us, um, you have to have 50 days of sailing experience in your history, uh, 25 as master of the vessel, and 25 days at least also on a vessel greater than 28 feet. So... Um, that's, yeah, those are good numbers. Yeah, that's, that's where we consider that somebody is is safe. So if you're listening in to this and you're like, well, you know, how much experience should I have? I mean, that's that's a safe number. Um, you can get away sometimes with the charter companies. Um, you don't have to have a certification, right? So um, you're not right. looking for a certification. You're just looking for a resume. And, and you know, we, we definitely promote that all the time. Uh, but yes. let's get some learning done online, get the theory out of the way, get boat systems out of the way, get all the other stuff out of the way, and then yeah. you know, apply that to your experience. And you've got this beautiful resume. So we're, we're, we're happy with that. Okay, um, I think we are. Um, I think we're done. Um, you guys got anything to add at all, or? Well, I guess just on a final on a final note, I might add that um, you know, for so long, people have just really used the USVI as a jumping off point, and we actually had an email from someone the other day saying it took a it took a global pandemic for me to to uh, reintroduce myself to the U.S. Virgin Islands, and we're getting that from a lot of our charter guests, like. Why have we forgotten about this place? You know, it's just, it's, uh, it's you know, if, if anything positive came from this whole uh, uh, COVID experience is that um, people have been in the waters that we love and, you know, the U.S. Virgin Islands where we live and all of our people that work for us, you know, absolutely love. And so it's been exciting for us to, to see people um, learning more about it and coming back just completely blown away. Well, you've got me convinced. I'm going to come down and see you guys. Well, we would love that. Yeah. Send, send in your resume. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got 50. In, in lieu of that, we'll take a credit card. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what we've heard that one before. No, I think I've got 51 days, so I should be. I should qualify, right? Um, all right. So, um, Jim and Christy, look, thanks so much. Um, your guys' websites, virginislandsyachtcharters.com. Um, Nordic Ed, we are brokers um, for you. You don't pay any more coming through a broker um, like us, but uh, more than likely what we'll do is somebody comes to us, we're going to start really recommending you guys um, and we'll, we'll start sending a lot more charters um, your way. So, um, yeah, awesome. Oh, Wonderful. by the way. Grant, Grant if, in the meantime, if people just need their fix of the Virgin Islands, uh, have them log on to uh, virginislandsyachters.com, scroll to the bottom, 
uh, click on webcam and you'll have a, a beautiful view of the cruising grounds. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what a way to end this conversation. I'm glad everybody listened to the end. All right. So uh, virginislandsyachtcharters.com. Look at the webcam. Um, jump on Nordicad, get your courses done uh, and get your butt down to USVI, right? Sounds exactly. fantastic. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Grant. Oh, you're totally welcome. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.